Welcome to Truth on the Go with Andrea Lennon. Andrea is a wife, mom, speaker, and author based in Conway. She is an on-the-go kind of girl who loves Jesus and is passionate about helping women know the truth, live the truth, and share the truth. If you'd like to connect with Andrea and see all of her resources, including having her speak at your church, go to andrealennonministry.org. Now, here's Andrea. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start today. Oh my goodness, the Lord is so good. He is all present, all knowing, all sufficient, all powerful, all that we need for life and godliness. He is more than enough for the present challenge that you face. I just wonder if somebody today needs to hear that truth, that he is with you, that he is for you, and that today you have the opportunity to live your life for his glory. That means that you can be above your circumstances. You can be above those challenges. You can be above that present reality of wondering, Lord, do you see? Lord, do you know? Lord, do you have any idea what's going on down here? Because of his character, we can know that every precept, every promise in his word is yes and amen. So we can claim that truth. We can ask the Holy Spirit to apply that truth to our lives and we can walk in it and enjoy that full, free, abundant life that Jesus clearly provides. And so today, I just want to encourage you, know that he is with you, know that he loves you, know that he sees you. Know that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So do not let that circumstance get you down. You get your eyes on Jesus and you keep plugging along. And so today I am excited to introduce to you and to let you know that I have some sweet friends in the studio today who know that truth. I mean, they have lived that truth. They know that Jesus is enough. They know that Jesus sees them. They know that Jesus is for them and they are living their lives for the glory of God. So I want you to meet my sweet friends, April McCullough, April's here. Here. Welcome, April. Yay. April, oh, she just loves Jesus. She has a heart of worship. Uh, she is gifted in the area of worship. She's also just so gifted in the area of prayer. And we're going to talk just a little bit about that, connecting with God on a regular basis, just walking in step with his spirit. April, I just want you to know, I see just the evidence of the fruit of the spirit in your life as you do that. And so thank you so much for joining us. And Carissa Hardage is with us today as Hi. well. Oh, hey, Carissa. Carissa is so gifted when it comes to so many different things, but I specifically love your passion for the word and how the word of God is transforming your life. It has transformed your life. It is transforming your life. And because you're on a passionate pursuit for Jesus, it will continue to transform your life. So when I look at these two ladies uh, who are just dear friends and we've had a lot of ministry opportunities together, I see the simple process of salvation, sanctification, and one day glorification worked out in the way that they live their lives, the way that they relate to their husbands, the way they parent their children, the way they serve in their churches and in their communities. And so I'm so excited to welcome both of you today to Truth on the Go with Andrea Lennon. And we're just going to jump right in to our topics for today. And let's start by talking about worship and how worship can literally change the direction of our day. April, share some truths with us about how worship is so much more than music and how worship is just powerful and effective in your life. Okay, so I serve as a worship leader at First Assembly of God in North Little Rock and have been there for about seven years now. And I love that this is a different way, a different expression to God about who he is. And I just love that I can sit still before the Lord and just worship him for who he is. I believe that worship is an expression to God, but I believe it's a response to God. I believe it is our obedience to God. And when he 
ask us to do something when he um, suggests, hey, Carissa, go call April and just talk about where you're going through. I believe that all of that is worship. And so it's it's not just singing. It's not just dancing before the Lord. It is not just this one set thing. It is a lifestyle. It's how you live your life. And I, I believe that it shows up even after you leave the stage. It just is all of how are you expressing to God your love for him? And um, I believe that worship and prayer is just a, it goes hand in hand. Um, I, I am an advocate for prayer and the Bible says that we should pray without ceasing. And I think that um, worship is the same way. We should worship and pray together and and do that um, as an expression to God. April, as you were talking, it made me think about Isaiah 6 and what a beautiful passage that is in regards to worship. Because if you're familiar with that passage, you know, Isaiah saw the Lord. And I love that idea, that concept of like seeing the Lord. And that to me is worship. When we see him for who he is, then we naturally see ourselves for who we are. Woe is me is what Isaiah said. You know, I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And he's like, what am I going to do? And in that moment, the Lord sent the angel to cleanse his lips. And in response to that, Isaiah says, well, here am I, Lord, send me. And that is worship. You know, whenever we encounter the Lord, whether it's in a time of praise and worship, a time of prayer, a time of Bible study, maybe it's just within a, a moment in our day where we know God is present. He is able he is with us. And so we confess our desperate need for him. We turn from our self-reliance and we say, Lord, send me. And so I love worship. And I think it does have the opportunity to change the direction of our lives because it takes our eyes off of our temporary circumstances and puts our eyes on God's eternal promises and his specific precepts of how we're called to live. And then we just have the opportunity to live in response to him. I also know just having spent a lot of time with a that worship is a lifestyle for her. We uh, had the joy of going to a conference um, and we got to stay together for a few days. And this girl, she has worship music on from the time we got back into the room until she went to bed. She went to bed to it. She woke up the next morning, cranked that worship music up. It was almost she was getting ready. She was singing and pacing. She has church alone all the time because it creates for her, I think, not to speak for you, but I, what I see is that it may it automatically takes her mind and centers it on Christ. Just that's where it stays. That's where it's centered. And, and it's not that she's not going through things and thinking through things, but she is zeroed in on if I'm going to get through this, I'm going to have to have this attitude of worship to sustain me through the day. It's her food. And, you know, whenever you think about not only worship and that kind of intensity, we also, and Chris, I think you're really great at this, is having that same type of intensity with the Word of God. So talk to us just a little bit about your interaction with God's Word and what that looks like for you on a daily basis. Well, I actually have a passage that I've kind of settled in on that I want to share, but my love for the Word actually came in a surprising way because I grew up in a place where I struggled with the Bible. Um, it was often used as a tool I hate to say the word punishment, but it was often used as a tool for punishment for me. And so I didn't love it. I was scared of it. And so for me, I didn't really dig into the word growing up. I was a Christian. I loved Jesus. Uh, my dad was a pastor. I was a part of church life until I became a teenager when I just 
kind of fled from all of it, from God, from prayer, from the word. And so as I came back and started going to women's Bible study, I did my very first Beth Moore study. And I know that is such a Southern white Christian girl thing to say, but just watching the way that she taught and and then stepping into a women's Bible study where other women were teaching the word, it came alive. But it wasn't until I had a crisis of my faith that I really fell in love with God's word. And it was one of those moments where I had sat in a teaching that just convicted me, pierced me like the the word of God does through bone and marrow. It pierced my heart. And I started to wonder why I believed what I believed and if it was right. And I think that that is such a scary place for us to be, but it is a critical place for us to be. And if you haven't been there, you need to take the risk because it pushes you to get to know the word of God in Jesus Christ for yourself. And who his character really is. And so that's what I did. And so I opened up the book of the Bible to Hebrews and I started studying and I studied the Old Testament for the first time and I fell in love with it. And I studied about Jesus and and how he was all, yes, as you said, in the, the Old Testament, everything led to him. It's all his story. It's all about his goodness. It's all about his grace. And falling in love with Jesus is what led me to want to scream from the mountaintops to other women that this is the truth. This is what you need to know. And if you don't know this, how are you getting through your day? And part of what I do and studying the word of God is I need a structure for myself because I love the Bible, but it does get overwhelming. It can be a lot and there can be all these places to go. And so I have settled in for myself. I believe that it's really important for us to look at our own lives. And and you mentioned a moment ago that to know God is to really know us and to know us is to see the character of God reflected. And so for us to, we need to be honest with ourselves, but using the word of God as a tool helps us really dig in. And so my verse that I just want to share with anybody who wants to know how to kind of simplify the word in their day to day, um, it's repetitive, but I need repetitive. Sometimes I love scripture memory. And so I use Psalms 139, 23 through 24 as a morning, just a morning snapshot as a morning get started for my day. And it searched me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the paths of everlasting life. And it covers all of it. It covers our heart because that's what God looks at first is the intentions and motivations of our heart. So we can lay open our hearts honestly before the Lord and just meditate before him. And it also covers our thoughts, our thought life. And as women, we tend to worry and fret and have fear and things like that. But it also opens up any other thought lives that we need to invite the Lord into. And then it also pours out our confession to him. And it allows us to see if there's anything in us that offends him that he needs to correct, that he needs to remedy. And so we bring that before the Lord in humility and surrender. And then it helps us to open our thoughts and our heart to the will that he has for us. So the Holy Spirit can speak to us in that time and lead us in the way that he would have us go, not the way we want to go. And I do that. I try to do that every morning in my prayer time and my journal time, just a quick rundown to center myself in the word of God and to open myself up to him. Right. Well, what great words of encouragement. And when we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to continue to talk about how we can have an authentic, passionate walk with Jesus Christ that literally touches every area of our lives. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. 
If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit AndreaLennonMinistry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's AndreaLennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. So we're back and we're talking about all things Jesus and all things his word and all things uh, prayer and praise and how we can really order our days to live that full, free, abundant life that Jesus freely provides. We started the program by talking about how he is enough. We just want to start right there by recognizing his character, by recognizing his ability, by recognizing his strength, by recognizing his truth, by placing our confidence in him. But at the same time, we have to also recognize that we have a response that we are responsible for. And so we want to talk about this in our next segment about how we can really be disciplined in our walks with Jesus, because Chris and April, we're just going to get into the nitty gritty. It's so easy to get uh, trapped by our emotions. And we just go to Jesus whenever we're in a panic or we are super excited. So we're praising him. And so we feel like it. And while we are so thankful for our emotions and we even see that our emotions draw us to the Lord, we want to be disciplined. And Chris said prior to the break, you were talking talking about what you do in the mornings to really order your day. And you talk about how the Lord has given you a passage of scripture that helps you throughout the days to really stay focused on him. Talk to us about how that process in the morning sets the stage for you to see him at work in your day. I think that for me and and make no mistake, I need to correct any anybody's thoughts that I am a morning person or that this happens every day. There are times where I hit the alarm and I sleep in. And then I'll mentally go over it on my way to drive my kids to school or after I drop them off. I don't want anybody to believe that if they don't get that time at 545 in the morning when they get up, that their day is just scratched, you know, because I think that we can always recalibrate to the Lord always. And I have to do it repeatedly through the day because I am a sinner in need of a savior. But for me, the reason why it's so critical is because Beth Moore has this phrase, and I don't mean to like market Beth Moore, but she was a significant part of my early walk with Christ. And she always says that she is one week out of the word away from the crazy house. And that's how I feel on a regular basis is that I am one week out of the word away from a crazy house. And so I really feel like for me, if I'm going to take those phone calls that I get a lot as a, as a coach and as a mentor and as a discipler of panic and of pain and of suffering and of hurt, If I'm going to engage with my kids when they get home from school and they've had a bad day, and if I'm going to love my husband well, if I don't get time, even if it's sitting in the car for five minutes before I walk in somewhere, because if I don't, I'm going to operate in my own strength, in my own ability, and I could cause some serious harm. And my job is not to harm people, but to bring them and gather them and draw them in an encouragement to the Lord. Um, Hebrews is one of my favorite verses, Hebrews 3.13. It says, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that we can prevent each other from walking into sin. I love that. And I love that you are helping us to realize the power of a moment. I mean, we, I think, can fall into the trap of thinking if I don't have that 45 minute quiet time and I follow all of these steps and I do my checklist, then my day, it's it's ruined. But the power of a moment to say, Lord, renew my mind right now. Lord, correct me. Lord, empower me. Lord, help me to see where you are. Help me to join you. And then to 
walk in his grace. I just think we've got to talk about grace, April, for just yes. a few minutes. Let's talk about grace uh, because grace changes everything. I mean, we aren't good in and of ourselves. We aren't enough in and of ourselves. And praise God that Jesus came to be our substitute and to be our sacrifice and to provide a way for us to walk in his sufficiency and in his grace. So talk to us, April, about just the grace of God and how it's evidenced in your everyday life. Because I have lived a messy life, um, there's no way, no way I would be here today without the grace of God. It is all sufficient. It is all powerful. It is what we need in our moments of weakness, because there are times when the enemy wants to come back and bring up those memories of our past lives. And we have to be able to say it is written. This is who I am now. This is who God made me to be. And I love Second Corinthians 12 and 9. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, my grace is sufficient. So we have to depend on him. We cannot depend on our weaknesses because we have them. And he has to overshadow all of that with his all-sufficient grace. I love Psalms 34, 4 through 5. It says, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. That's grace. That passage is the definition of grace to me. Don't you agree? Right. And I think that because we have a history, we have uh, a past story, we've, we've done some things where we, that we are ashamed of, that the tendency is to remember those things and to remember who you were. And it can be a distraction for where you're going. It can be a distraction for the plan that God has for us. And so I think that in remembering our stories, we just re- reflect on God's grace. And that is who I was, but this is who I am now. You know, I think that is a perfect segue for us to talk about the power of our stories. Uh, Both of you are passionate about women knowing their stories, owning their stories, sharing their stories. That's something that has connected our hearts. You know what I think we do oftentimes in the church is we'll just, we'll just kind of put a Bible study on top of our stories. You know, we'll just be like, okay, that's who we were. This is who I am, but I'm not really going to dig in and have that transformational work of the spirit to really really deal with that guilt or that shame or that doubt. And so we leave a foothold there. And so then when we're having a rough day, whenever we don't live up to the expectations of ourselves or others, or, or even feel like we live up to the expectations of God, sometimes we can get into that trap as well. Then that shame sneaks up and it causes us to look back instead of look forward. And oftentimes what I encourage women to do is to live their life like they read a good book. And you think about that analogy. Yeah, those those chapters are in there, but they're in order to help you understand the forward progress of the book in order for you to understand the resolution that's coming at the end of the book. And so sometimes we get stuck in chapter five or chapter six, and we keep reliving it, rereading it, rehashing it. And the Lord is saying, turn that page. So you confess that sin, you make that restitution, you get that help and you turn that page and you live in the victory of it because you've done the transformational work. So let's talk about the power of owning our stories, doing the transformational work so that we can live our lives with forward progress for that day of resolution, which we know is going to be in heaven when we hear well done. So tell us just a little bit about how you have come to celebrate your stories. Well, I'll say that for me, 
I have to give you credit on this one because, you know, you have been a significant kind of a drop-in mentor for me. It's funny to say that, but right at the right times when I'm turning into a crossroads, I call Andrea or I'll happen to see Andrea at a conference or God will bring Andrea into a a retreat that I'm going to or something along those lines. Or I'll text you. (laughs) Or you will randomly text me. Just just happen to, right? But I'll never forget the first time so I'm a counselor so I need to say that first that I'm a counselor by trade so I and so is April interestingly enough at one of her many she is a jack of all trades but one of her many skills is counseling and so I appreciate stories and their healing power just as a as a profession so I've always believed that stories are powerful that they give us insight into who we are but I have never sat down and written out my entire story from beginning to till now and I won't say end because it's not over yet, but until now, and not edited it. And that's the words. One day we sat down at lunch and I was making the decision on whether or not I was going to go to seminary. And I felt like seminary was going to be a turning point for me. And I said, Andrea, I don't hear God's voice clearly on this. I I don't really know what my message, I don't know what it is he's wanting me to do. And your words were sit down and write your story. And I would have thought that was cliche until you said, but don't edit anything out. That was profound for me because we have a tendency to gloss over the parts that we don't want to include and we mentally edit our stories and that's not giving the fullness of it to God. That's only taking bits and pieces and saying, oh, you can use this, but you can't use all of that. And so that moment was a defining moment for my life. And the only reason I knew to say that is because when I sat down and wrote my story, I felt the tension to edit the story and to make the hard parts less hard or just fine or to just gloss over them. And so again, God helps us to minister out of our weaknesses. And often our struggle becomes the platform for the ministry that he's calling us to, which calls us to a place of vulnerability transparency and to quite honestly be okay with not being okay in and of ourselves, which pushes us to his sufficiency and his grace. So as we wrap up, April, tell us just a little bit about the power of your story and how knowing your story, owning your story, sharing your story has been transformational in your walk with Jesus. It's amazing what happens when we own who we once were and where God has brought us from, because if we keep suppressing, if we keep it in darkness. No light can shine on that place. And so for me, um, having lived a life of selfishness and sin and just making things all about me, I fell into seasons of depression where I had to own that. I had to own that I was under a dark cloud because I was in disobedient to God. I was living in disobedience and I had to own that in order for God to just come in and and shine light on that dark place. And if I had never owned it, if I never went to that dark place and that painful place, there's no healing that can take place there. There's no there's no light and and so I think that for women we we try to put on mask. We try to make it look good because we don't want 
any light to shine there. We want to just keep repressing it. And I just think that there is a liberty and a freedom that comes from owning up to who we once were. And, and I know that, like you said, we want to put a Bible on top of it and keep going. But we have to go back to those painful places in order for there to be a renewing of our mind. We have to go back to what we once thought in order to replace it with God's thoughts. And dealing with depression, and we talked about worship. For me, that is my battleground. That is why I, I, I have to that, employ that as a discipline because I put on a garment of praise because that spirit of heaviness tries to come back all the time and I have to defeat it with a new discipline, a new way of thinking. I have to tear down those fortresses and those strongholds that I have set up in my mind over the past years. So we have to, to make peace with our past and bring healing to it. And I would also add that our purpose in existence on this earth is to give glory to God. And if we hide who we were, if we hide those places where if we look back, honestly, we'll see him there. If we hide those things, then that robs us and him from the opportunity to use us for his glory. And that's why we're here. Why would we choose another path? That's right. Well, we want to finish with that thought and leave you with a challenge. We want to encourage you to sit down and to write your story from the beginning until now and do not edit it. You go back and you look for the grace of God. You look for the provision of God. You look for the call of God. And what you will find is that he has been with you every single step of the way. And he is writing an incredible story with your life. Oftentimes we are just unaware of it. But when we sit down, when we stop, when we begin to engage in the process, we will not only find our calling, but we will find the incredible grace of God who is at work in our everyday lives. So dig in and do the work and live your life for the glory of God. That's Andrea Lennon with Truth on the Go. Thanks so much for joining us today. You know, nothing excites Andrea more than God's Word meeting us at our greatest point of need, speaking truth into our lives and empowering us to live meaningful, productive, and God-honoring lives. We pray that today's truth helped you connect with God and His Word in a life-changing way. If you would like to book Andrea for your next speaking event or connect with her on social media, visit andrealennonministry.org. Andrea will return next week with more Truth on the Go. Truth on the Go is an outreach of True Vine Ministries, Conway, Arkansas.